Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, January 9th, 541 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. March corn futures unchanged at 654. March soybeans up five and three quarters at 1498 and a quarter. March Chicago wheat up two and three quarters at 746 and a quarter. March Kansas City wheat up four and a half at 836 and a half. March spring wheat up two at 903 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, comment. All that stuff helps YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Appreciate it as always, guys. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. I did two videos late last week that you might be interested in. The first one was called The Corn Demand Horror Story. I talked about the woes of the U.S. export program in addition to some of the problems we're seeing in regard to U.S. ethanol production. And then I did a video on Friday uh, ran through the new crop corn, soybean, and wheat charts, talked about support and resistance, talked about the general technical posture. If you guys are interested in this sort of stuff, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation, nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Large money managers or the funds are adding to length in the row crop markets. CFTC released its weekly commitment of traders report on Friday. Large money managers were net buyers of 36,000 contracts of corn on the week, uh, also net buyers of 14,000 contracts of soybeans. Funds reduced their net short in the SRW wheat market by 3,000 contracts. So you look at these positions, funds are net long about 200,000 contracts of corn, net long about 143,000 contracts of soybeans. Those are large but not extreme net long positions. Funds are net short about 53,000 contracts of SRW wheat. That's a a fairly large uh, net short position. I don't talk about the meal or oil markets often, but it should be noted that large money managers are record long in the soybean meal market. They added an additional 12,000 contracts to their net long in the week ending last Tuesday. Uh, we know that Argentina has weather problems and is probably going to have a, a short soybean crop. It's just by a question of how much. Argentina, of course, is the world's largest soybean meal exporter. This is the uh, current projection for the current marketing year from USDA. I mean, Argentina's head and shoulders above everybody else when it comes to meal. So I think that's uh, probably the big reason why funds are are really a big fan of of, uh, meal here. A lot of the old timers will tell you a meal rally is a real rally, meaning that uh, soybean rallies led by meal are typically rallies that should be expected. Now, looking at Argentina, they do have some rain uh, coming in later this week. The weekend was very much dry in Argentina, little to no rainfall. Um, It's kind of a mixed bag. These rains are going to come in, say, Wednesday, Thursday, and you'll see some additional accumulation uh, several days beyond that. But it's not going to be everywhere. Um, These are soybean areas up here on my map. But then down here, you've got uh, some big time soybean growing areas also in those areas still high and dry. So this is not perfect uh, by any means. They're going to have some cooler temperatures that will accompany the rainfall. So it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. You've got rain in some areas, but no rain in other areas. So I still think uh, Argentina's got big crop problems. 
Supporters of Brazil's former president stormed the country's Supreme Court, Congress, and presidential offices over the weekend. This is something that a lot of people say resembles the United States' uh, January 6th debacle. uh, Thousands of protesters in Brazil said the presidential election was stolen and that the election was fraudulent. Uh, In recent weeks, you've seen some protests that involved the blockage of roads in Brazil, um, which led to some short-lived blockage of of grain and soybean movement. I haven't read any reports uh, to that extent or along those lines yet. Maybe that's something that's forthcoming. For the moment, I think when it comes to the markets, like the soybean market, I think this is a non-starter. I don't think it matters. But if you were to see some sort of of disruption to exports or grain movement or whatever, that could be problematic, I suppose. U.S. export sales of corn and wheat were very bad again last week. U.S. exporters sold only 13 million bushels of corn for delivery during the current marketing year. I know I sound like a broken record. I talk about this all the time. Accumulated corn export sales for the current marketing year are down 47% versus the same period last year, mainly due to a lack of Chinese buying versus the last couple of years. Accumulated corn shipments are down 27% versus the same period last year. Uh, USDA has got to come down with its export number. They probably will on Thursday. Um, In regard to wheat, U.S. exporters sold only 1.7 million bushels of wheat for delivery during the current marketing year, so just bottom of the barrel. Uh, Soybean sales were okay at 721, probably could be a little bit better. Got a big USDA data dump on Thursday. So you've got your monthly crop production and WASD report in addition to the quarterly grain stocks report and winter wheat seedings. All of this stuff will be out at 11 a.m. Central Time on Thursday morning. So when it comes to the United States, the trade will watch for adjustments to the demand side of the balance sheets. When it comes to production, we're looking at South America. We're looking at uh, Russia and Australia and perhaps in regard to wheat. Pretty much anything and everything is up for uh, change here. So big report on Thursday. I'll talk about this a little bit more later in the week. The U.S. labor market cooled in December, but was a little bit better than expected. So we had our jobs report out on Friday. Non-farm payrolls increased by 223,000 in December. That's down from 256 in November, but the trade was looking for 200. So actually a little bit better than expected, but still indicative of, of a cooling uh, labor market or employment situation. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5% from 3.7 in uh, November. The stock market really liked this, closed sharply higher on Friday following the data. Some traders believe that a cooling labor market could cause the Fed to slow its interest rate increase. We know that everything that happens in every market is all because of the Fed now. Uh, This is a good chart that uh, the Wall Street Journal had, non-farm payrolls monthly change. So we're kind of creeping back down to like your pre-COVID average, I guess, um, in regard to non-farm payrolls and what we add every month. So this is not bad. It's, It's more, to me, this is more normalization. Some people think it means that the labor market's cooling off, but it feels to me more like we're, we're normalizing after a couple of, of really odd years. The uh, cattle market finished uh, marginally lower on Friday. Cash trade was mostly 157. We'll see what develops this week. U.S. dollars just marginally lower uh, early this morning. The S&P futures up 14 points. The Dow's up 90. Bonds off a little bit. Uh, gold's up six bucks. Crude oil attempting a recovery here, up $2.36 in the February WTI 76.13. Everybody have a great week. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.